Well, it is New Year's Eve, and I have started recording this yesterday, and then, you know, life happened. My cats wouldn't leave me alone, so I was running around the house trying to get away from them, and then the yard guys got here, and our windows are paper thin in this house, Um, so I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna wait till tomorrow. So it's tomorrow. It's uh, New Year's Eve. I am sitting in Stella's room and looking at the playroom at the mountain of toys and clothes and things from Christmas. And I'm avoiding the organization that needs to happen. I did work really hard yesterday and take down all the Christmas stuff. So downstairs, the house is like beautiful and clean and fresh and back to normal. I always like to go into the new year with a fresh start. So I'm happy I've made that happen. But today was supposed to be an organizing upstairs kind of purging the girls clothes and their toys. But I just don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. We have to pick the girls up from daycare by three. And um, we have this tradition with Stephen's parents. We always have lunch with them on New Year's Eve day at Papado's. So we're going to do that. So you know what? The organization and toys, that's just going to have to wait. And that is okay. Excuse me. You know, I had a whole list of things that I wanted to talk about. But I don't even know where I set that down. Probably downstairs somewhere. But maybe this is just meant to be. So I haven't really talked to you. God, I don't even remember. It's been months and months and months and it was during the quarantine period, I think, that I podcasted with a friend. But um, it's been a wild ride, a wild year. And I think one of the biggest things that I'm taking away from this year is realizing that, you know, for spring break, we went on a cruise with the older girls and Stephen's parents. We left Teddy behind. And... That was when the coronavirus was just like starting to get a little crazy. And by the time one week, you know, went by and the rodeo got canceled, like we got off the ship and the world had changed. And shortly after that, we got the news that everything was shutting down. And from that point on, I think because all of us thought, okay, this is going to be over really soon. I think that I was just waiting waiting for everything to end and waiting to kind of really live again, I guess, waiting to get back to normal. And in the blink of an eye, here we are, uh, December 31st, and COVID is still rampant. And there's, I mean, what we're still waiting. You know, we all thought this would be over within a few weeks and then a couple of months and now we're about to roll up on a year of this of these changes and I think about this year and it's like pre-covid and then post-covid in this this frozen waiting period and what a waste it was because I was just kind of waiting for things to get back to normal to kind of enjoy things I guess Um, and I have enjoyed a lot in this process, but just kind of the overview back over the year, it's like, man, the, the biggest, our biggest focus was just waiting for all this to be over, which brings me to my next point. 
of how how we're all looking at 2021 being like, thank God 2020 is about to be over. Well, we're going to wake up tomorrow <laughs> and everything will be exactly the same. I, I'm listening to a podcast by Carl Lowenthal called Unfuck Your Brain. And uh, she brings up a very, very, very good point. She was actually on somebody else's podcast, the Fuck It Diet podcast. And they were talking about New Year's resolutions and, you know, you don't wake up tomorrow. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and suddenly be incredibly motivated. You know, I haven't been working out regularly in a long time. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and suddenly be extremely motivated to completely turn my life upside down. I will still be the same person that I am this morning, tomorrow morning when I wake up and that's okay. You know, things, the world will still be crazy. We're still wearing masks. Everybody's still scared of getting sick. I mean, tomorrow, everything will be the same. Everything will be the same. And part of that, I think, is a little depressing to me because I always love the feeling of newness and the, the outlook of hope that I get with every new year. But the reality is, well, I, I don't really beat myself up for not doing things, but the reality is I, I really am still the same person. So it's okay to wake up tomorrow and just be happy for another day and not to put all of these unrealistic pressures and expectations on myself to be a completely new person or to be a completely new person, you know, in three months. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm working on myself Oh, I've been working on myself a lot. Um, trying to think of what we've talked about and what we haven't talked about. Um, I don't remember. This was when COVID was already starting. I went in for my nine month postpartum checkup, and it was it was late because of every because of COVID. Um, but I went in and I had a great appointment with my doctor. I love him. And at the very end, I told him that I feel like I'm crazy because I was crazy. My emotions were insane, insane. Stephen and I went through a really, really, really hard time in our marriage, really hard time. We went to counseling and thank God, you know, with the medication that I'm about to talk to you about and marriage counseling, we got through a really dark place. Um. But I told my doctor, like, I feel like I'm crazy. And he ended up putting me on 10 milligrams of Lexapro. And the first two weeks I was on it, I was nauseous. I was tired, like really nauseous. I felt like I was pregnant again. That's the best way to describe it. But I vowed to myself that I was going to give this a real shot because after I had Tori, I think, um, my first kid, I tried Lexapro for like 10 minutes and I quit without even telling the doctor. I don't even think I made it a week. And I wasn't even feeling these symptoms. I just felt weird. I think I was really mentally scared of taking a medication. So I stopped. And this time, I'm like, no, I'm not going to look up the side effects. I'm just going to take it. And I'm going to believe that it's going to work. And even though I felt sick, and I know that it takes a while for Lexapro to kick in and like to balance you out, I felt better immediately. And 
it was definitely the placebo effect of just having something like I, I was doing something to help me. Um, so I had that hope and I felt better. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, eventually this, the nauseousness and everything went away and I got used to taking it. I, I, I was really bad for a long while about taking it at the same time every day. I had a couple of days where I would forget and, uh, you know, that's life, but I felt better, but I was still exhausted, completely exhausted. And, um, I started, I got, it's, I had this crazy full body, horrible rash. And, uh, this was a couple of months ago, I guess. And somebody had mentioned Hashimoto's. And so I looked that up and it's a thyroid disease. And so I became convinced because I do have the symptoms of Hashi's. And so I kind of started this journey of trying to figure out, is my thyroid okay? And Steven thought I was nuts, but I really felt like something is still not right. And I know that you really have to be your home, your own health advocate, you know? So I bought a, a thyroid test to take at home. I think it's Paloma Health. And I took it. It took maybe three weeks for the results to come back in. You just um, prick your finger and drop a couple droplets of blood and send it back in. And um, everything was within the normal range, which I didn't really even read what anything meant. I just saw that everything was within the normal range. And I'm like, okay, well that sucks because I truly am not feeling great. Like I feel like my Lexapro isn't working as much anymore. I just, I'm not feeling good. And so I called my um, OB and I wanted him to prescribe me something else, like maybe up the dosage of Lexapro. I don't know. And they said, you know, sorry, you need to see your primary care physician. Well, who the hell has a PCP these days? You know, I have great insurance, but I just go to clinics when I'm sick and, you know, I never really needed a PCP. So I had found this doctor. There's this app called Plush Care, Plush with a P like Peter, Plush Care. And I found this doctor named Lacey Wainer and you do, like, I was able to get an appointment with her, um, like a teleconference, I guess is what you call it. So it's like a FaceTime. And she has been absolutely incredible. And it seems weird to think that you can have this connection with somebody over FaceTime, especially being a doctor. But it's like, she took the time to listen to me. She understood me. She made me not feel crazy. She she helped me through my rash. She treated everything um, and got that under control. And then um, I made an appointment with her and talked about my hormones and that I really feel like something is off. And she told me that I was right, that more than likely things are off, you know? And so I, I kind of described my symptoms to her and she put me on a ton of vitamins, on a ton, ton, ton of vitamins. Something, she called it like a pre-hormonal dosage. Um, and I, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin B, cinnamon, like 
all these things. I take 25 vitamins, like pills, a day, which seems crazy. I'm like one of those old people that I don't meal prep, but I vitamin prep every week so that I can stay organized because I have to take things at different times of the day. Um, But also, she prescribed uh, for me Welbutrin, which is um, an antidepressant. And um, because she didn't want to up my Lexapro, she said I was kind of at the top dosage. Maybe 10 milligrams is like, that's it. So she added Welbutrin on top of it. And she said the good thing about Welbutrin is that you can stop taking it, you know, at any time. It's not like something that you really have to wean off of. And, you know, she's like, I I don't see you as needing medication for the rest of your life. So I don't want to change things up altogether. I just kind of want to stack this on top of what you're doing. And that has made a huge difference in my energy level. Um... She's, as she said, I think Wellbutrin has something to do with dopamine. I don't know, but I definitely feel more awake, more focused. It's also used uh, to help suppress people's appetite. It's used to help people quit smoking. It's used to um, help people lose weight. It's an interesting drug, and I keep waiting for it to de- decrease my appetite, but it has not. And I didn't take it for this, but I am disappointed that I'm not, you know, 15 pounds thinner at this point. But I'm feeling much, much, much better and more energized and more like myself completely. Um, So to dive into kind of where I've been like with my health and... When I say, no, we're not talking about my health. I was just talking about my health. Let's talk about my weight because those are two different things. Um, I'm at a place physically where I'm struggling between I'm completely fine and I'm comfortable and I'm beautiful to I'm not good enough. I'm overweight. I am a failure for not being in better shape. And... uh, I just never thought, and this is really dumb of me, but I never thought I would have to struggle with my weight again. Like for the first 24 years of my life, I was unhealthy and always slightly overweight. I would say kind of like I am now, you know, Um, maybe bigger for sure, but, but still I looked normal from the outside. But then once I found health and fitness, all of my obsessions with food and everything kind of lifted and... I felt like I it, nothing, food wasn't an issue. I would say that I wasn't completely secure in my body, even when I was at my smallest, my fittest. I would have days where I felt really good, but then it was always something. I wanted something to get better, this muscle to get bigger, you know, whatever. But I never thought, even when I gained weight in pregnancy, I never thought that, I would be in a place where I am now really struggling with my weight. I never thought I would have to do this again. And I am. And I think I'm rebelling against that. And part of me is like, okay, well, you're going to get to 130 pounds again. I'm probably 145 right now. I've stopped weighing myself for the moment because it's driving me insane. And I'm tired of doing that to myself. But 
you know, part of me is like, well, you'll get back there again. And it's kind of like the same thing with 2020. I'm waiting to enjoy life and I'm waiting to feel good about myself till I get back to 130 pounds. And that is absolutely ridiculous. And then part of me, I've been on this journey of self-love and I'm, I'm in this group um, called the Love Framework with a, a woman named Sarah who's helping me. Um, I'm with other women and, you know, helping me make healthy decisions out of love for my body. Um, and that's definitely helping a lot. But I'm still really, really struggling. I mean, even last night, yesterday, Stephen's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. He can tell when I'm just kind of off. And I'm off because I feel fat. And it's such a waste. I'm wasting my time with him. I'm wasting my time with my family. I'm wasting my time with myself being obsessed with being fat or feeling fat and thinking, you know, tricking myself into thinking I'm working on myself, which I am, but then I'm also obsessively thinking of different diets that I should do while I'm working on myself so that I can lose weight, but I am working on fixing my my brain and my emotions about this. And it's counterproductive and it's a lie. Um, I also just joined um, a group called The Clutch and it is led by Cara Lowenthal, who um, is the creator of the podcast Unfuck Your Brain. I highly, 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 highly recommend you listen to her podcast and start from like the very beginning. She's brilliant. Um, what she focuses on is thought work and really digging down and, um, you know, I think we think our emotions like I feel fat. Well, a feeling is the product of a thought. So I'm, I'm thinking that I'm fat. I'm believing that. And to then spend time and debunk that and, um, you know, realizing that my goals really aren't, well, I want to lose weight. But the reason I want to lose weight is because I want, oof, this is rough to say out loud, I want the world to think I'm beautiful. And I'm scared that the larger I get, the less attractive I will be to the world. And that's fucked up. <laughs> but it's true. I think I I care way, way, way too much about what the world thinks of me. And I want to be beautiful. I want to be seen as beautiful. And I don't know why. Maybe because I grew up not feeling attractive, not being attractive. And then all of a sudden, you know, in my 20s and especially late 20s, 30s, I'm 35 now, all of a sudden, the world truly sees me as beautiful and people tell me I'm beautiful and I, I use that as validation for being good or worthy. And that's the most fragile, terrible thing to put my worth into because I know better than that. But I'm just digging down and being honest about what I'm struggling with. 
I love working out. I really do enjoy it, but I need to do it out of a place of love and enjoyment, not because I'm trying to shrink my body because the truth is my motivation behind shrinking my body isn't pure. It doesn't make sense. It's it's It does not make sense. It does not line up with my true beliefs. So do I really want to lose 15 pounds? Maybe, or maybe not. Maybe I don't. I don't know. And the more I try to focus on my weight, the more I realize that I don't, I'm, I, it's too soon, it's too triggering to be dealing with that at all, which is also very scary because I feel like if I'm not dealing with that and if I'm not thinking about that, then I'm going to continue to gain weight, which is terrifying to me. Um, but I know that the work that I need to be doing is on my heart and um, figuring out why I feel this way, figuring out why I what what my thoughts are and what I've made true, what stories I've been telling myself in my head and be able to debunk them. So that's what I'm working on. You know, on my social media, godly, I mean, I've, I've changed a lot. I mean, if you scroll all the way down, I think I have like 8,000 pictures that I've posted. You can tell the different phases that I've been through in my life through my social media. And you know, when I was posting the most selfies, maybe that's when I was the most insecure, even though I felt confident, but I was still looking for so much validation, which means I was extremely insecure. And my whole life has changed. And, you know, I was joking with Steven the other day and I'm like, you know, my looks, I think I've gone down from like an eight to a seven but my personality is like a 10 now. Like I'm like a 10. I feel like a really good mom for the most part. I mean, I yell and, you know, I don't cook and, you know, but I really do feel like a dedicated, loving mother. I feel like I'm focusing on my children and I feel great about that. Um, and I am relying on my looks a lot less in general. So I think that's, excellent. And I am doing everything I can to protect my daughters from the way that I like the struggles that I have about myself. When they're older, I want to talk to them, but I I would rather my girls say fuck than fat. We just don't say that. We don't talk about that. They don't know that I have any struggles with my body and I don't want them to. You know? Tori walked in the bathroom the other day when I was bending over putting lotion on. And you know how, like, what's that Seinfeld episode, that naked girl who always was in the worst positions? That's, like, what was happening. And my first reaction was to, like, jump up and, you know, straighten myself out. But I'm like, no. Like, I immediately stopped myself and just kept going because I don't want them to know that I'm insecure because there's nothing to be insecure about <laughs> you know there really isn't it is I am I am human my bodies and my fat is human and I am beautiful and if I was looking at myself and not comparing myself to maybe what I've built up this standard of beauty to be 
I do see my body as beautiful. It's soft and it's beautiful. But I still think I'm fucking fat. <laughs> so it's so dumb. But I refuse to let my, my daughters think that. But anyway, I feel like I'm a really good person. But now in my social media, it's really all about, you know, the girls and our everyday lives, which I love. But I don't post selfies anymore. Number one, who needs to see more pictures of me? How about no one? But number two, I think that I do it because I'm waiting for my body to get thin again, which is stupid. It's stupid. It's so stupid. No, you don't need to see more selfies of me. But the reason that I'm not posting pictures, I think it's nice every now and then to have, you know, to see who you're following, not just their kids or, you know, whatever. But I really struggle with that because I feel like my face is fat. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting older. Well, duh, I'm getting older. But maybe that's why I don't post pictures. I just don't feel as attractive. And that should be 100% okay. I'm not as cute as I was at 30. I'm five years older. I have two more daughters than I did when I was 30. And, you know, life is good. Also in my social media, it's, it's so interesting to me too. Because when I was, you know, when I, when I valued the material things and the things that we've accomplished in that way. And I, you know, I was more, I don't, more flashy about those things. And, you know, I think really that's it. But people used to be like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. How do you do everything? How do you be a mother and still, you know, do things for yourself and have all these things? And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so much more inspirational now, I think, with the things that I'm doing. But it doesn't look that way on the outside because the world values like this beautiful, picturesque life. But I had a full-time nanny. Steven and I were dumb and delirious enough for a while to think we needed a personal assistant slash secretary that worked at our office. Fucking kill me. Like, what an idiot. We, <laughs> we were just so stupid. We were so stupid. And he will tell you the same thing. I mean, we were stupid. We were stupid. We were delusional. We were so stupid. But now, you know, I'm balancing things. I'm doing things, you know, we don't have a nanny. You know, our kids go to daycare. It's funny going, I went to a Bible study group, a women's Bible study group in my neighborhood. And this is like a very white, affluent, but still like normal neighborhood. Not like where we lived before. But this Bible study group is all beautiful white women who a lot of, most of them stay at home. And they're incredibly devoted to Christ. And it was an amazing Bible study. But the first day we're going around and introducing ourselves. Maybe I've told you this before, but we're going around and introducing ourselves. And because everybody's so connected, either through the neighborhood or through our kids, they're like, okay, we'll go around and say your name and say, you know, how many kids you have and where they go to school. So I was the last one to go, I think. So everybody's going around saying their name, their kids, and then they go to this private school. They go to this Christian school. They go to this Baptist school. And I'm like, hi, I'm Heather. I have three daughters and they go to Kids Our Kids. Don't be afraid of me. I mean, like, I we live such a normal life now. We're not pursuing 
stupid shit anymore because we've done it and we've realized like how stupid it is and how much joy it doesn't bring you and how much stress it is. But I think so many people envied me so much more when it looked like I had everything. And now I have everything. Now I truly do, you know? But it's just funny how the my my value changed in people's eyes. Like my inspiration level changed in people's eyes. And now I just think I'm, like I said, my personality is like a 10, baby. I'm a 10. 7.5 in looks, but I am a 10 in personality. What else do I need to talk to you about? I need to, I'm staring at these toys and I really, really need to go through everything. Um, I'm going to lunch today. I kind of want to drink Prosecco because I feel like let's celebrate. So I'm either going to do Prosecco or maybe a Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc to me is kind of like an upper, like tequila, but in wine. God, but I still love a nice Chardonnay. It's rainy. It's cozy today. It's going to get really cold in Texas. So I'm looking forward to that. Tomorrow, New Year's Day, Stephen's making spicy sausage balls, cheese dip, a charcuterie board. I mean, my skin hates cheese. So I'm going to be breaking out like crazy, but I don't care. Oh, speaking of, well, not speaking of nothing, I just thought about this. So I I had waited forever to get Teddy's ears pierced. I always get the girl's ears pierced when, well, I usually do, my my other two, like when they're eight weeks old, like after they've had enough shots to go get them pierced. I like to do it when they're young, they don't know what's going on, hurts for a second, then they're fine. Well, I waited way too long. I mean, pandemic and all. Um, But the other day, I'm like, you know what? We're going to go do it. And I want a third piercing on one side. And because I bought myself from Stephen's parents, I do my own shopping for them and it's lovely and I freaking love it. They love it. It works. But I bought these tiny diamond ear hugger hoops. And so now I wear those in both my second holes, but then I wanted, I like it to be a little off. Like I like an imbalance. And so I wanted a, a third piercing on one side and I took the older girls with me too. And I got them a second piercing on one side. Now, I think that's freaking cool. A five-year-old and a seven-year-old with a second piercing. They both wanted it. And I think it's so cool. And why the hell not? You know? So I was looking up, trying to find a place. I was at our Katie salon. And so the quickest place was um, Katie Mills Mall, which is like an outlet mall. It's huge. And I never, I mean, who goes to malls? I hate going to malls. I just, I hate it, especially with children. But I'm like, you know what? This is the quickest place. We're going to do it. I, we had somewhere to be that afternoon. And so I get the girls. We've got our masks on. We're walking through the mall. Of course, I, I didn't park in the right spot. So I have a sweater on. My armpit stinks, so I can't take my sweater off. I'm like sweating. I'm dying. We're hiking through the mall. I'm turning behind me, yelling at the two older girls like to keep up with me. I'm pushing Teddy. I'm having to look at my phone and follow like walking directions to figure out where Claire's was. So we finally get there and Teddy's a freaking wreck in her stroller. I'm sweating. I'm stinking. I've got my mask on. And so I fill out all the paperwork while the girls are chasing Teddy around the store. I mean, world's worst mom here. And we finally get going. And then both of them are like, I'm not going first. I'm like, okay, 
I'm going to bribe them to get their ears pierced. I'm like, okay, whoever goes first gets a really big surprise. And so, so Stella's like, I'll go. Then Tori's like, I'll go. I'm like, no, Stella volunteered. So Stella goes and the lady's cleaning her ear and Stella's freaking out, like jumping at everything. She marks her ear and Stella's kind of freaking out. And then the gun goes off and Stella just bursts out crying. And I'm like, oh gosh, what have I done? Oh gosh. And you know, I tried to talk to her, hug her. And I'm like, okay, go look in the mirror. Look how cool you look. And as soon as she sees herself, she starts giggling and laughing and then running around the store to buy whatever, you know, surprise I bribed her with. And then Tori gets up and goes next. And no, maybe I went next. And I'm glad that I did because it's good to realize you're putting your kids through this, especially Teddy. And to know that it literally, it hurts for a second. It's shocking. But then it's totally fine. Like in two seconds, by the time they're cleaning it off after it's pierced, it doesn't even hurt anymore. So then Tori went. Tori, it surprised her, but she didn't cry. She was really happy. And then she went and shopped around the store. And then we did Teddy. And that sucked. You know, it sucks when they're eight weeks. It sucks when they're a year plus. Um, but we did it quickly and she cried, but then she settled down and I sweated my way all the way back across the mall outside and life was good. So I love my new ear piercing. It's a little infected right now. I'm working on that. I have not been cleaning mine the way that I should be. Um, but everybody else's is doing good. Teddy looks so cute. She probably still looks like a boy to most people because she's bald, but I'm really glad that I did it. And I think it's really cool that the girls have a double piercing in one side. I love that. Um, my new binge TV watch, it's on HBO. HBO Max, I think is what it's called now. Um, and it's called First Date. And it is the best show ever. Start with, they have First Date, all different countries. But start with First Date UK it is phenomenal. So I finished the first two seasons of that. Steven is okay with watching it too. Like it is, it's just a very happy, happy, interesting. I smile the entire time I watch it. It's so good. It's watching people go out on first dates, but it's so, the scenery, everything is so amazing. So I finished UK, which I'm sad about, and I, I'm now watching the Canadian version, which I don't like as much, but bet your bottom, I'm going to finish this. And then I want to go to Australia. I think they have New Zealand. I just figure the other countries are going to be better. Canada still feels way too American, but I'm still loving watching that. So I, that's what I've been watching. Um, yeah, you know, mentally where I'm at, physically where I'm at. Do I have any goals for 2021? No, I don't, because I think that's fucking stupid, okay? Which is sad to say, like I said, but no, I don't have any goals. I, um, I, I've rested a lot the past couple of years, and my priorities have changed, and I'm okay now. I'm learning that resting is okay, and listening to your body is okay, and not being in this, this, continual pursuit to better yourself because that's, you know, if I wake up at 5 a.m., I feel like I'm more worthy and more respectable than if I sleep until eight. Well, that's bullshit because I'm not. Because if I need sleep and rest, then I need to sleep and rest and that's okay. Um, again, this is all the thought work from Carlo and Thiel that I'm digging into and realizing that 
we've been socialized to believe so much about our worth and what makes us good humans. And so much of it really is just bullshit. And I'm tired of of trying to fight against myself and not pay attention to what my own thoughts and beliefs are because I'm trying to be what the world sees as successful or worthy or beautiful. So no goals. Oh, since we've talked, maybe, I don't know if I talked talked to you about this last time, but I have two cats now. I am a cat mom and I love it. I love them. They're amazing. They're the easiest creatures to care for. Now, unfortunately, I got two sisters. I adopted them and they're little bitches because they're not needy at all. They love each other. And I will say that they love to be around me, but they're not lap cats, which is what I wanted. But I think this is like a, I've had cats before, but or a cat before when I was little. Um, but I begged Steven for 19 years for a cat and I finally got two. <laughs> um, but I really wanted a cat that would be obsessed with me and sleep on my head and crawl in my lap and follow me around and like a companion cat. But that's not what I got. I got two sisters who really are pretty independent and love each other and they're really sweet, but they're just independent. And if you know anything about me, you know that I need people to need me or cats, especially cats. But I realize that I am a cat person and I am also very cat-like. I love to be by myself. I need to be by myself. I love attention and affection, but really I like it on my terms. So I understand them. I just wish they needed me more. And Roman, our dog, really wants to play with them so, so, so bad, but they will have nothing to do with him. They put up with him, but he always tries to get close and, you know, he'll get smacked across the face and hissed at, but he thinks they're playing, so he keeps going back for more. And so what I should have done from the very beginning is adopt an older cat, which I didn't know this. You know, you think kittens are so cute. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to adopt a kitten? Well, if you adopt an older cat that needs rehoming, then their personalities are set. You know, what's, you know, who's going to be a lap cat, who's not going to be a lap cat, who's going to get along with dogs, who's not going to get along with dogs. So guess what your girl's doing? Your girl's on another adoption website called Friends for Life. And I have been, I've been approved to adopt another cat. Thank God, you know, it's like adopting children. Not really, but you have to go through this whole process. They call your vet. All your pets have to be up to date on everything. They ask you about how you care for your pets, how you discipline your pets, like everything. So I've been approved and all of these cats, like I love their website because they describe the personalities and they write in first person as if they are the cat. They tell their story about where they were rescued from and it's just super, super, super cute and endearing. And um, so I keep finding these cats that I fall in love with, but they're already taken by the time I ask about it. So last night I asked about three other cats. So Fingers crossed one of them will work. All the cats that I'm looking at are a little bit older and they get along with dogs and other cats and kids. And they're lap cats or companion cats. So, I mean, is it insane that I want three cats? Yeah, but I take care of them. I think Steven Steven loves them. I think he wishes they were sweeter, um, but I think they're growing up with a huge dog and 
three children that chase after them. So I think if they grew up with just me, they probably would be a little bit different. But they're growing up in a different environment and they're independent. So we'll see. Will I get a third cat? I don't know, but probably. And I am resigned that I will have cats for the rest of my life. I love, love, love cats. Love them. I love Roman too. He's amazing. But if I had to pick between a cat and a dog, I'm definitely a cat person. A million percent. And I would be so happy to get Roman a friend and a cat, but I would not feel good about getting another dog because I think they're a pain in the ass, especially when they're young. And yeah, no, no, no. Stevens, we're on the same page. Like we're, we're not ready for another dog, but throwing another cat in the mix is like having a third kid. Like just what's one more? Well, I'm probably forgetting a million things that I've had on my list to talk to you about, but because I don't have my list with me, I don't even know what those things are. (sighs) I love you. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear me talk about other things, let me know. Please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. Why? I don't know, because you love me, because you feel sorry for me. I don't deserve it because it's been, you know, six months since I've spoken to you, but I would just be ever, ever, ever so grateful. And I'll talk to you soon. You know, let's keep talking. I've missed you. I've missed this. I'm sitting here with a cup of coffee that I have not had even one sip of. Let me do that. I don't like to do it because I feel like you can hear me swallow. So let me pull this away. Now, if you're wondering, I'm talking into my phone. I don't have fancy equipment. There's an app called Anchor, and it's the easiest app to use. You record yourself, and then it automatically publishes to all of the podcast platforms. Um, It's the easiest thing in the world. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, do it. It doesn't matter who the hell listens. I mean, no one listens to this, and that's okay. I... This is like therapy for me, and if I could blink my eyes and have another job, I would be a radio host or like a professional podcaster. I just, I love this, and I love being without a guest. I like just you and me, you and me, me and you. Well, happy new year, whatever the hell that means. Yes, we're out of 2020, but let's not dilute ourselves into thinking that tomorrow is going to be any different because it's not. So let's enjoy today the last day of 2020, as much as we will enjoy tomorrow. And let's not beat ourselves up about the things that we're eating. And yeah, just love yourself like I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.